0: Greetings and welcome to the latest episode of Si Yo Fuera Una Canción, If I Were a Song. We are a community-based podcast and radio show in which people of Santa Ana, California, tell us in their own words about the music that means the most to them. I'm Elizabeth Le Guin, your program host and director of this project. The project is based on my conviction that we people in the modern urban world need to learn to listen to one another, and that music, and all it brings us, is the perfect place to begin.
1: My name is David Castaneda, music researcher here for the Si Yo Fuera Una Canción podcast. I'm so happy to be a part of this project, using my scholarly training and my performance experience to bring you the stories, music, and lived experiences of those living right here in Santa Ana.
0: Our interviewee today is not a person, but a Santa Ana organization called Libro LibroMobil, or more formally, Libro Móvil Arts Cooperative, founded in 2016. Their mission is, and I quote, to empower artists of color and culturally enrich residents in Orange County, California, through social engagement, diverse arts, equitable practices, and direct action. Libromobile centers around a small, clean, inviting bookstore and event space here in Santana. As you'll hear from its founder, Sara Rafael Garcia, it is currently the only independently owned bookstore in the community. You'll be hearing five mini-interviews with people who work at the bookstore or behind the scenes. Each one chose a song that expresses something about the organization for them, so there's lots of music coming up today. At the end of today's show, and of course on our website, we'll include information about how to support and participate in this unique and precious institution. Before we jump in, I want to take a moment to comment on a feature of our show that's been there since the beginning, our reenactments. Our commitment to offering all of our content in both Spanish and English, something that distinguishes us in the overpopulated universe of podcasts, means that each and every interview is translated and reenacted in its entirety in the other language. The translations of interviews are the work of Jen Orenstein. In the reenactments, I play myself and one of our wonderful voice actors, Terry Richter, Cynthia Alvarez... Israel Lopez, or Wesley McClintock, takes the part of the interviewee. We assign voice actors according to the gender of the original interviewee, but our resources don't permit us to get more nuanced than that. So you may have noted that we've had shows where a Latino interviewee was reenacted by a white voice actor, or an 80-year-old was played by a 40-year-old, or a black interviewee by a Latinx voice actor, and so forth. Today we go a little further. I cross both race and gender lines to play the parts of Zoe Broussard and David Castañeda, members of our production team who realized some of the original mini interviews. This is a little bit uncomfortable. It may be more than a little bit so for some of our listeners. I wish only to say here that we are keenly aware as a team of the issues that arise when a person with privileges, be they racial, economic, or gender, and that would be me in this case, assumes the voice of another who doesn't share those privileges. We've chosen to present our reenactments anyway, rather than go with the alternative which would have been to leave quite a lot of our material unreenacted, and thus effectively silenced for half our listeners. We offer our reenactments to you in a spirit of love and respect, and with the humble recognition that all of us have a long way to go to attain equal and just representation for all kinds of beings. We begin with Zarahi Pioquinto, a Libro Mobile book advisor who was interviewed by our team member, Zoe Broussard.
2: My name is Zoe. I am the marketing and communications director for CEO si Fuera Una Cancion. And today I am joined by Zarahi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Would you be able to share your age and then, if you're comfortable, your gender pronouns?
3: Yes, of course. So my name is Saray Pio Quinto and I'm 19 years old, and my pronouns are she, her.
2: Okay, great. Thank you so much. And what is your role on the team at Libremobil?
3: Um At Libromobile, I'm a book advisor, which means that I advise people on the books that are interested for them, and I help them obtain a book that is right for them or a book that it would be interested for them. I see. Nice. How did you come to join the team? So, yeah, um, I joined the Say Employment Program, which is a program in Santa Ana where youths, which is um, like 16 to 21 years old, can apply where they could get jobs and get paid by the city. So okay. I got a list of many workplaces where I could go, and that's where I saw Libra Mobile. It was in that list, and then I decided... Um, I decided it was very interested and I wanted to go there and I chose it.
2: Nice. Nice. If you could define or express Libremobile in one song, what would it be?
3: If I would define Libremobile in a song, it would be Latino America by Calle 13. Okay, great. So let's go ahead and listen to it.
2: Thank you for sharing that song. Tell us a little bit about why you chose the song.
3: Um, I chose this song because when I first walked into Libra movie, the first thing I noticed was like, there was many diversity like in, in the books. Like there's different authors, local authors, um, different races of authors. And what the song speaks about, it speaks about like equality and everyone being equal. Even if they're a different race, or even if they're a different skin color, and they each have, they each contribute to the world and make a better community.
2: How we kind of nourish ourselves and, you know, the things we put our time into, you know, the organizations we work for, or and a lot of this is what tells you about a person and just the way they care for their community. Um, I really appreciated how it showed a lot of people in different lo- different walks of life, um, and like you said, everyone's equal.
4: Yes,
3: definitely.
2: How else do you feel connected to this song?
3: Um, I feel connected to this song because, like I said, um, no matter what your situation is, if you, no matter your skin color, no matter like the power you have, everyone's equal and. Everyone has the chance to grow and to succeed in life, and contribute to society and comu- in the community to make it better. Not only because you're a different color race, so no matter if you're like have more money or less money, like we're all the same.
2: Yeah. So, how do you feel like that relates to your work at Libromobile?
3: So, the work at Libramobile is, um, like I said. Um, Advising people on like the books, and if you go in the store, you notice that we have different sections such as indie sections, African Americans, libros en español, which is um, books in Spanish, mm-hmm. and Asian Asians Pacific Islander culture, and all these different cultures that we have in there. So you could go and check out the books like about history or present times or even in the local author section where we have local authors from the community in Santa Ana and Mm
4: -hmm.
3: we could notice that we are able to read about everyone and not just a certain society or a certain culture club or culture group and that's how it relates to the song
2: definitely and I I definitely relate to that sense of representation I still remember being in high school and middle school and a lot of the times the stories were focused on like these young white men and a lot of the times the stories weren't really relatable so it made me feel like reading is boring and I would never want to read books but in reality I was reading the wrong stories I was reading about people who their experiences although sometimes interesting they weren't in line with my own personal experience so I feel like you all are doing amazing work and also just making sure young people have exposure to stories that are going to really contribute to not only their interests, but just a way they can get another perspective on life.
3: Yes, I agree with you. Being in school, it was um, difficult to get um, some certain books that weren't just in a certain cultural group and not, not having that accessibility to books of different parts of the con- like, world or different cultures to learn. Yeah. And a Libro Mobile, you could go and check these books out. Yeah,
2: definitely. Were there any other questions or comments you wanted to make about maybe your work, your experience, or this song that you shared with us today?
3: That was about it. I just want to say thank you for having me. And make sure to go visit Libro Mobile. It's a really fun experience going in there. And you'll always have a person advising you on a book you want to read or different cultures you're interested in and where you, like, learn more.
2: Definitely, definitely. You heard it straight from them. Go ahead and visit Libromobile.
0: Our next interview is with Manuel Guadalupe Galaviz, who, as we'll hear, takes a variety of roles with Libromobile. He was interviewed by our team member, David Castaneda.
1: Okay, so my name is David Castaneda. I am the music researcher here at CIO Fora Una Cancion, and I have with me Manuel Galaviz. Manuel, how are you?
4: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. How are you?
1: I'm doing very, very well because you've shared some amazing music with me today, and I'm so happy to get into it with you. Uh, but first, before we start that, let me ask you, what is your role on the team at Libro Mobile, and how did you come to join
4: the team? Well, um, well, it's it's interestingly enough, I'm married to the founder, Sarah Garcia, and i uh, You know, and just by being her partner, um, that's how I came involved with the bookstore. But initially, I would volunteer my time and sit in the actual bookstore itself when we were in in the downtown location and uh, sell books. And I would also, on the other end, I was uh, going around and picking up book donations. And since, you know, since we moved out of that downtown location in, in Santana, to the new location in Bristol, I haven't been as available as I used to be um, physically in the bookstore. I'm more in the back end of things uh, from loading books into that arrive at our home into the vehicle and or um, if anything needs, um, if there's a bookshelf that needs adjusting or something, I, I'm usually there. Um, and at the same time, I'm picking up book donations. and. I also want to highlight that essentially a year ago, um, I was uh, spearheading uh, L.M. Boyce's Scholar Holler, which was a podcast series uh, focused on experiences of first-generation graduate students. And it was a way to essentially to provide advice to future students who are maybe interested in graduate school. As I mentioned earlier, all all those times that I was sitting at the bookstore um, and families would come by, students would come by and they would often ask me questions as to how to enroll in grad school or how to enroll in college and i myself uh, am a very recent phd recipient i'm actually now an assistant professor of anthropology at cal state Fullerton, and uh, this was uh, my contribution that i can that i could do so we have six uh episodes that are available on the LibroMobile website and as i said um as of now i'm um, usually just on the back end of things Wonderful. Well, congratulations on all that amazing work. Congratulations on the,
1: the PhD. That's amazing. What an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. Uh, if you could define or express Libro Móvil with a song, which song would it be?
4: Well, it's Azotea by Luisa Malrugar. They, they are um, an artist from Mexico, Mexico City. And uh, this song actually is, is fairly new and it's very nostalgic and it just reminds me of those days when I was actually you know sitting at the bookstore selling books speaking with people engaging with folks on a constant basis there's um there's a sense of of just joy of just of uh, not only is the beat you know makes you want to dance but the vocals are you know fantastic the lyrics themselves are are poetic. I too um, kind of came by accident to um, Luis Almaguere. You know, I just had my playlist on shuffle and, and for some reason the song came up and I just couldn't stop listening after, after you know, I came across it. And I think it just, everything about it leads to what Mobile has to offer um, from the books that we um, sell that are not necessarily your average books that you will find anywhere. And I think this song is similar where it's not the average song that you will hear um, any any at any location. It's it's very unique, and I think that's what reminds me of Libro Mobile. Wonderful. Well, let's take a listen. <laughs>
1: Wow. What a clinic and, and minimalist writing and arrangement. It's beautiful. That bass just kind of carries the whole song, but these lyrics and these melodies on top are so ethereal and and uh, emotive. It's What a wonderful song.
4: Yeah, I mean, I still get goosebumps. I mean, I think, I, you know, not, not only was I just, you know, dancing, but feeling, you know, those goosebumps <laughs> come up as well.
1: Yeah, this is this is wonderful. I know that you mentioned that it, it 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 reminds you of how people used to walk by and used to have these these conversations if you
4: could pick one thing about this song that really triggers those memories uh what would it be i think it's it's it is that baseline and and you know that cumbia vibe um e- even in the new location um there's always cumbias being played no matter what and especially when we were at the downtown location there was uh one one gentleman in particular um who works downtown he he does a lot of uh a, a different jobs out there who whether it's um painting or construction or um or just simply um cleaning up the the downtown area of santana and um don juanito he's uh you know he, you, you'll see him around with his you know his cart he's pushing a cart that would either have um most of his tools or you know sometimes it's, it's if it's a trash cart that he's cleaning out some of the trash cans but he'll have a little radio and that little radio he's always has cumbias or salsa or something and um and he's some there's just something about that like you can hear it from far from a distance when he was coming by and he would just stop by and talk to us he would be dancing as he's cleaning Um there was just this kind of subtle joy that that's why i I've always remember that there's so many moments, especially in the lyrics, that highlight um, this kind of mundane instances. Um, mm. You know, they're talking about, like, las las, um, las hojas secas, uh, tendremos que barrer, like just like the, those dry leaves that we'll have to brush up. Um, and of course, la azotea means the like a rooftop. I think it's just kind of these spaces that are not necessarily what you would consider spots to hang out at for the most part, but they are very lively social spaces. And I think it just conjures up a lot of those images
1: wonderful well thank you so much this was an amazing piece of music that you shared with us and with everyone that's listening uh i had such a blast yeah thank you just thank you once again
3: no
4: thank you all you know the manager of the bookstore the current manager um, marilyn montaño i know was on an earlier episode and she's yeah. the one that introduced me to this um series and um and y'all are doing great you know great work out there so i i really appreciate everything that y'all do there's there's a lot more that i want to listen to and more that i need to read up on and I'm um, so happy that, you know, there are, I am in these positions and around people who love music, who love art, who love to read and also share those passions with me and recommend things, so thank you.
0: Our next interview is with Carla Sarate Suarez, a cultural promoter who has worked with Libromobile in various capacities. In this English reenactment, I play myself, and Carla is played by Terry Richter. Well, welcome, Carla, and thank you so much for joining us for a brief interview. In this context, I'm interviewing you as part of the Libro Mobile team, but you also play another role related to Si Yo Fuera Una Canción, which is that you've been our primary radio contact for a year and a half now. You upload the archives to the radio stations so people can listen on another platform. So I wanted to point out that fact before we begin. Now, to start off, can you describe your work with LibroMobile to our listeners? For how long and in what capacity have you worked on the
5: project? Sure. Well, I've known about LibroMobile for a couple of years now. I got to know them through a project I collaborated on with them, specifically with Sarah. The story project Santana's Fairy Tales. It was a book that told true stories of real people from Santa Ana and told them through a book and through songs. I thought that was really nice and really interesting.
0: It's more than a book, right? It's a book, but there's also music. There have been cultural events, community events, and and everything, right?
5: Yes. We even had an exhibition where you could see the illustrations for the stories and also the connections between the tales in the book and documented information about the real stories that they were based on and a whole multimedia archive. The amount of Imagination and fantasy and creativity
0: centered around the Santana Fairy Tales Project. It just takes my breath away. It's incredible. And all of this is centered around this community, Santana. It's very, very specific, but it's universal at the same time. And that's something I want to point out to listeners. It's a really lovely example of how a very specific focus on one place, one group of people, a few specific stories... Can be of global importance or even universal importance.
5: Yeah, they're classic stories that apply perfectly still to our reality, like our little mini universe, right? Our reality of Santa Ana, but they also apply to universal values the real, the magical, and the fantastical all at the same time.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that connects really well to the song you chose to represent your relationship with the Libro Mobile project and the people who promote it.
5: Well, the song's called Just a House, and that's also the title of one of the stories in the book, Santana's Fairy Tales. The song was written and performed by two local artists from Santa Ana and Los Angeles. Gloria Estrada and Ruby Castellanos, who worked together to write and record this song about a house that refused to be moved, right? It was opposing the phenomenon of gentrification, and it's dedicated to that history.
0: I notice in the song is that it has it, it really expresses very well this idea of fairy tales, right? The sound is kind of far away or mystical, a little otherworldly. Something about the accompaniment. It's it's like a waltz, right? Like a dance from another time, an older dance. W- would you agree?
5: Yes. Yeah. Well, well, it's a bit fantastical and mysterious, but At the same time, there's like a bit of darkness there.
0: Yeah. A central part of the lyrics is like an invocation to to protect the house, to protect this life that is centered within the house. And that that implies that there are external forces threatening that house, threatening the
5: innocence of the music and of the lyrics. Right, right. They're coming to build. They're coming to displace. Yeah. It tells the truth about capitalism and all the other abuses that can be committed in the name of of avarice. Right? Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Evil forces.
0: Yeah. Avarice. That's a word you don't hear too often these days, Mm -hmm.
5: but it's
0: everywhere. Avarice.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Once you read the story... Uh, You pick up more details, and you realize there's a connection to a woman who lived here named Modesta Avila, and so we have another phantom from the past coming to tell us what happened to her and what we should do. And she left a long time ago, right? Like over a century ago. That's right. She she was opposed to the train, too, um, that would run through her property. She died in jail. For that? For resisting?
0: Yeah. Well, having a home is a basic human right, and they violated her right. And that threat still continues. Many people in Santana are at risk of losing their homes for various reasons. If it's not trains, it's other economic forces. <laughs> and there's the relevance of this old tale, right? Exactly. Well, thank you for sharing this song, and, and uh,
5: it's a good time now for some closing thoughts. Okay. Uh I might want to mention the importance of casting your net, as they say, of making connections. And there's the importance of that, not only of creativity, of initiating or promoting, but also that form of connecting and of being able to do things with those connections to tell our stories. That's what Libromobile is doing. And, well, it's great that they keep doing it. They just keep casting those nets, even if sometimes it isn't perfect. But at the end of the day, it's, it's very encouraging to see that people have fought hard, especially in these last two years that have been really tough, and seeing how they've really accomplished things. And I'm, well, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. And I hope that it all keeps growing with all this work that they're doing.
0: Me too. I completely agree. And yeah, nothing's ever perfect. Perfection isn't interesting. <laughs> but, but effort, communal effort, that's why I really love Santana, because it's such a good example of this human effort that we're living. We're greater than the sum of our parts. We can accomplish much more together than we can on our own. And that's a message I take from this project and from our interview. Well, thank you. Thank you, Carla. I'll see you soon. Our next interview is with Yvonne Sue, who works as a book advisor at LibroMobile. The interviewer was Zoe Broussard.
2: Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Zoe Broussard. Thank you so much for joining us, Yvonne.
6: You're welcome. Nice to um, finally talk to you, Zoe.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I'm, we're very appreciative of you for joining us on this very, very special episode. Would you be able to share your age and then, if you wish, your gender pronouns, just so I can make sure I refer to you properly?
6: Yes, I'm 32 and my pronouns are she,
2: her. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And what is your role on the team at Libromobile? So I'm Libromobile. I started as a volunteer
6: and I'm now a book advisor on Sundays at Libromobile.
2: Nice, nice. How did you come to join the team? So I started, I was I'm a really big
6: reader. So before the pandemic, I was looking into like um, local bookstores that aren't Barnes & Nobles. And there really aren't that many around here. And so Libra Mobile was like the closest one to me. So I went to visit and I went to a few of their author events before the pandemic. So I guess my relationship with the store started in 2019. Then um, in 2020, when the store went virtual, I started following a lot of Sarah's IG lives, her updates and following them on Instagram. And then when the store reopened last year, Sarah and Marilyn
2: asked me if I wanted to volunteer at the store, that's how I got started. It sounds like your team's really tight knit and I really appreciated seeing all of the different ways you engage with the community on social media. I think that's
6: the one thing that we can do that, like, a Barnes & Noble cannot.
2: If you could define or express Libremobile with one song, what would it be?
6: Yeah, so the song I picked is called Satellite by Salt & Papers, a play on Salt & Tap for the group. So I found the song when, from um, a Korean drama called Chicago Typewriter. And I like this song a lot because it's very emotional. And I love um, the references to, like, writing stories and, like, storytelling in the song. And how um, there's, there's, like, many different parts of ourselves that are unknown to other people. Yeah. And I think writing our stories, so obviously, is very literally about, like, writing a, writing a story together. And I think that's what we're doing with Leroy Mobile. Like, although Sarah's the one that started it, I feel like we're all really invested in it. And I think the song relates to, um, like, our relationship with Lever Mobile because it's really, like, a team effort. It's, like, a group writing um, awesome. activity.
2: Yeah. Let's go ahead and listen to the
5: song, okay? Yes. I'm walking all night long Mr mystery
0: You're singing all day long
2: I
6: think um well the if you listen to the audio the song is a little bit um has like a melancholy element to it. So I think that really is removable Mobile because there are times when we don't know what's going to happen to the store. And, like, we sometimes we don't, we don't know if we'll be able to keep our doors open because of, like, not making enough sales. So there's always this, like, element of uncertainty of, like, keeping a small bookstore open. So I think that um, goes with, like, the question of, like, uncertainty and, like, struggle. The other aspect, the flip side of that is they're still valuing what we do, even if the outcome isn't, like, what we wanted it to be. I don't know if, um you know, that we moved to uh, our new, like, bigger location in January. Yeah. Yeah, so that was really exciting, but these, pa- these first, like, three to four months, the sales have been a little bit low, so that's kind of hard. So, obviously, we wanted like um, like a bigger start to, like, our new, chap- our new chapter in this bigger store, but it hasn't really been to the level that we wanted. But I still found it a really, like, meaningful experience, um, like, seeing, like how, like, how do we keep this little store alive?
2: Yeah, and I feel like conversations like the one we're having right now are some of the most valuable, you know, hearing directly from the people who are doing the work, especially with an organization that's so community-oriented, you know?
6: I really love music and books, so I feel like this
2: song really, like, captures both. Yeah. And
6: just the act of, like, writing, like, putting words together. I feel like this song is kind of like um, like a love song to, like, language itself. Like, the power of words, of writing stories, and how we capture moments together.
2: Awesome, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your experience with Neymar Mobile. And we're really appreciative of you for taking the time to speak with us, especially you know on this very, very special podcast episode.
6: Yeah, I can't wait to hear it um, with like, the other clips too.
2: Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Zoe.
0: Our final mini-interview is with Sara Rafael Garcia, the founder of Libromobile and a force to be reckoned with in cultural activism here in Santa Ana. Welcome, Sara, and, and thank you so much for being able to be with us. You are really the keystone of the arch of, of this little series of interviews that, that we're putting together around Libromobile um, being... La Fundadora, being the founder, and my thought about this interview was that I would actually like to start with your song instead of doing the usual uh, introducing ourselves. Let's start with the song. Okay. The
2: measure of any society is how it treats its women and girls. the measure of
0: any society is how it treats
2: its women and girls. We create the smart, powerful, creative, accomplished young women.
0: Tell me a little bit about why you chose this song for this particular interview.
7: Yeah, I think it sums up like how I have navigated, you know, life in general since I was young. And I think it also um, echoes what you know. What I say repeatedly to myself because so much of my life was predicted by uh, my birth and being a woman and being the first in my family to be born in this country. Um, that not just like societal expectations, but cultural expectations. And then when my father died when I was thirteen, that changed everything. Every every expectation of me was, went in a whole new direction.
0: And I would imagine that direction was, how shall I say, not a happy direction.
7: No, I mean, I think, I mean, I can probably talk days and weeks about everything I went through as a teenager, because a lot of it I was imposing on myself, um, which was very negative and very impactful for so many years. But I also I think it's at a larger scale, it speaks to how not just young women, young women of color, but how, you know, immigrant uh, families and societies are um, typecasted to be in the, in, in the United States, right? And I think a lot of it is stems from culture and, and societal expectations, but sometimes it's also self-imposed because that's all we know.
0: Well, I mean, this song is so striking because, um, you know, the focus on women and girls. She says it, you know, women and girls. I'm here because of you, that and that's Michelle Obama uh, talking at that point, right? So, I I see this stretching in two directions from from what I know of you, Sarah. You know, part of it is your own background and, and what you made of the women and girls that may have sustained you in your life. But the other is the support and the example that you extend to women and girls through your work.
7: No, for sure. I think, um, you know, because I grew up with two sisters and my mom and we were all in the same house and really not that far apart in age with my own mother, right? Like my mom was barely turning 19 a couple weeks after she had me So I think a lot of it it was like we all grew up together, whether we like it or not, Um, whether it was good or not. Uh, But I think there's one thing that resonates continuously is that there is no limit to what we can do in this society, right? And a lot of it comes from the privilege of being in the United States and seeing different lives being lived. And it may not have been the life my mother chose for me, but it was a life of options and choices that I had that she never had, right? Or that my grandmother's never had. Right. Um, And I think going forward, I think that's what I like to, you know, instill on young women of color, but also young men of color and our young um, queer folks of color is that we do get to control our narratives and we do get to control the choices we make. And it's okay if we've messed up. I messed up a whole lot from 13 to 21. And... (laughs) You know, I'm still here and I own a bookstore and I, I can I feel capable of acknowledging that I'm a relevant role model for young folks in my community. And one of the things that I continuously have said since I started my first community program, Badger Writers, back in 2009, that I didn't start doing this till I was 30. Right? and And so I always tell young folks like that you're already ahead of me because you're you know sixteen, seventeen, you're already years ahead of me because I didn't start till thirty because I didn't know I could right yeah. i I was living this path that that was you know pointed out to me from day one rather than given options
0: right, right, and maybe a, a slightly different way of looking at this is just the idea that adolescence in this sense of well, I mean, the word actually means suffering, right? Adolescer. <laughs> uh, you know, th- and the suffering that comes, I think, necessarily with growing up, as well as the joy that I think there's an argument to be made for it lasting a good deal longer than the teens, you know. That-
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's because at that point, like, there's, it's not just going through the physical changes, but you know, you also the stereotypes that you should get married before you're 30 and then you're like 30 and you're like not married. So then you're like, well, well, well then what am I supposed to do if I'm not married? Right. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not having children, well, then what else is there to do? I don't know, like travel. I could travel. I could jump off a cliff and enjoy it rather than be scared of it. You know, like there's mm-hmm. just so many things. And I think because we are put into these roles and then on top of that, you deal with not just gender and culture, but fear
0: right yes yes yeah I, G- going back to the choices that you mentioned just just that sense that there are options
7: i mean there's there's options even when what you think is the best doesn't happen right and i think then you mm-hmm. find a different path and i and and to me that all ties to literature because that's what <clears> books <throat> offer right a different story a different narrative a different experience sometimes an escape <coughs> Sometimes a requirement, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and and just heaps and heaps of models for mm-hmm. ways to f- to find our way through. Reading does that better than anything else, I think. And yeah, and so so bringing it back around gently to Libro Mobile, but keeping the song you know kind of playing in our in our mind's ears for you the founder, the, the owner of this bookstore, the person who, who guides it within this community that you've been in for some time. What are your great joys in this work? And what are the crunchy places? What are, you know, if you want to talk about the painful places, um, I'd be honored. But what is the, the landscape um, of what it's like to be in this position and to do this work?
7: Yeah, I think for me, I mean, the joy is that I kind of stumbled upon it. It wasn't something that I ever, I mean, I I wasn't 16. And so I want to, I want to own a bookstore. I definitely wasn't 24 when I thought of that idea either. And, you know, I think I was barely in my 30s when I thought, hey, if I did have my own bookstore, what are some things that are important to me? And and it came out of volunteering at bookstores, right? Like I volunteered at Libria Martinez before it closed. And then I volunteered again in, when I was in my MFA program in, at, uh, in Texas. And I volunteered at Resistencia Bookstore um, in Austin. And both were very instrumental muses for me to, to have the bookstore that I have now. Um, and so I think for me, like the joy in it is that I did something I never imagined I'd do right? Like, I did mm. something that others never imagined of me. And that alone is a, a counter narrative, right? And, and I think it plays back to the song, because, you know, it says, like, no man um, is big enough for your arms. And I think, like, it, it, it just plays in so many w- ways of symbolism, right? Like, when I thought my father was going to be the one to carry us, in the end, we had to carry ourselves, right? Um mm. And the same thing goes, you know, through education. I thought once I had a degree, I would have a whole career and I would be able to buy a house and that didn't carry me either. So I still carried myself, right? Like, and, and I didn't get married until my, my mid forties. And so, and it was definitely a choice because I already had made the decision I wasn't going to get married. <laughs> so in the end I was like, oh, I guess I am going to get married you know um, even when my husband was doing his PhD I was carrying both of us right and and then so Mm -hmm. I think like there's this uh, expectation that women can't lift heavy things maybe that maybe the things that we lift are are not visible and they're a lot heavier than the physical right Um, and I think that to me it's you know important for this bookstore because it's the only bookstore in Santa Ana and people keep forgetting that and this is a very heavy load to carry (laughs) like the only bookstore in Santa Ana for 300,000 plus folks where the majority are Latinx and a county where the majority is people of color and we don't have bookstores that are focused on people of color in the region besides ours so I think that to me resonates with so many it's like you can continue to push the expectations people have had of you
0: well yeah so those arms those big arms from the song they're for carrying stuff and you are carrying so much the hopes and visions and 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 alternative realities that are represented in a bookstore and making those available through this wonderful wonderful medium that is reading um that is a huge and wonderful thing to be carrying and and i certainly hope that it also carries you just th- that there's an ongoing sense for you of um being held by the wonderful things that you are also holding i, d- I don't know how to put it better than that
7: <laughs> i think that's a constant struggle because i mean you know I, many people don't recognize that i do this on my own uh out of my own will and time and dime, right? And honestly, like the way that it carries me, it just, it's through everyday interactions, whether it's the the Spanish-speaking parent that comes in and, you know, says, I, I need a book that's, so my child can preserve our language. Ugh, um, you yeah. know, um, I need a book that we I can read with them so they understand that, you know, keeping their Spanish is important. Um, and same thing with, young adults who, who are queer and, and don't have an escape at home because parents don't accept that identity, you know, but they need a book to to find themselves in it, right? And yes. and I think those are the moments that carry me because I didn't have that growing up, right? If I can make it a little lighter for someone else through a book, then that's the goal.
0: Well, that's just a wonderfully eloquent answer. and And I will just say that, you know, our little contribution with this episode of Si yo fuera una canción is, you know, it's kind of like an audio simulation of walking into your bookstore and meeting you and meeting some of the people that work with you and around Mm -hmm. Libromobile. And I hope it will inspire our listeners, local and not local, because I don't know of any bookstore like yours. It's, It's unique. Uh, I hope it will inspire everyone to check out the bookstore and if it's possible for you to actually walk in, um, so much the better, you know. Um, that's that's our hope with doing this episode and I really thank you for your time just sharing a little bit of yourself with us as as you do every time someone walks into Libromobil.
7: Thank you, I appreciate it.
0: Libromobile's new store and cultural center is located in the Bristol Swap Mall, 1150 South Bristol Street, number A3. It's just a little way south of McFadden. It's one of the few old-style indoor swap meets left in Orange County, and it's worth a visit in its own right. You can visit Libromobile in person, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., browse their unique collection, and maybe meet one of the friendly people we've interviewed on today's show or you can browse books virtually on their very attractive website at www.libromobile.com. They also have a lively presence on social media. Check out at Libromobile or at LibromobileBX, where there's always something interesting and thought-provoking going on. Would you like to know more? On our website at cofuera.org, you can find lyrics to the songs we discuss, our blog about the issues of history, culture, and politics that come up around every song, links for listeners who might want to pursue a theme further, and some very cool imagery. You'll also find playlists of all the songs from all the interviews to date, and our special staff-curated playlist as well. We invite your comments or questions. Contact us at our website or participate in the si Yo Fuera conversation on social media. We're out there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And then there's just plain old word of mouth. If you like our show, do please tell your friends and your families to give it a listen. And do please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll bring you a new interview every two weeks on Friday mornings. Julia Alanis, Cynthia Marcel de la Torre, and Wesley McClintock are our sound engineers. Zoe Broussard and Laura Diaz hold down the marketing. David Castañeda is music researcher. Deaneira Garcia and Alex Dolvin make production possible. We are a not-for-profit venture currently and gratefully funded by the John Paul Simon Guggenheim Foundation. For now, and until the next interview, keep listening to one another. I'm Elizabeth Le Guin, and this is Si Yo Fuera Una Canción, If I Were a Song. Si yo fuera una canción Sonarían por las calles, las montañas y los valles, mi orgullo y mi pasión. ¿Quién soy yo de corazón? Soy una onda, soy una onda, una vibración que ronda por el universo vivo. Y sonando soy testigo a nuestra unidad más